brought to you by Bob Stoop Checks Restaurants Incorporated. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Hey, Chance. I hear you have a story to start us off with today. Yeah, well, you guys don't know this listening, but I was a little late today to get here. He was, it's true. And the reason is I maybe drove my car into my house. What? So I was almost here. And I realized I forgot my computer charger, which was necessary because my computer is almost dead. And I get to my house and hop out of the car, go to open the garage door, turn around and realize I did not put the car into park. I'd left it in drive. And even though it was on a slight incline, the car was making a slow progression into my garage door. So I started yelling and running and trying to push the car back, which kind of worked. And then I ran in and threw it into um, reverse. And only the problem was I had a drink that I was bringing you and me. And I had mine sitting up in the dash. And then when the car slammed into reverse and stopped, the drink poured all over the car. So it was a very interesting time. A harrowing experience. Yes, and I saw my garage door's a little dinged up. The car has a couple of scratches on the front. But we're going to make it. <laughs> wow. And uh, I guess you're going to have to clean Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I, I did already. That's why I was late. Oh, okay. I was like, I should take care of this right now. Like, the little console where I keep my change was like two inches deep of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> So, not properly securing your Dr. Pepper and not burning your car in park. Yeah. Really? Mistakes were made. (laughs) And that is why I have a drink from a different place than you. Oh, you you do. how embarrassing to go back (laughs) to where I got yours and say, hey, I need another one of those. I doubt they would have remembered. No, they would have because they'd have seen the shame on my face. (laughs) They would have seen the shame. Well... That is a harrowing experience. Uh-huh. I hope it does not affect your your love of Boy Meets World. I don't think so, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I guess neither of these episodes are about driving, so I'm not going to uh, have like a weird flashback or like a moment of transport back to that situation. So I should be okay. Okay, but well, good. It was the world's slowest speed Disaster. car into house wreck that's ever occurred, probably. How did you? How was your car still going forward? Well, I, I mean, it was kind of on an ink, like the garage, the driveway slopes up. And so like I was just getting out to run in, my charger was in the garage and I just wasn't thinking about it. And I was like, I'd stopped because my foot was on the brake. But then even when I took my foot off the brake, it didn't really start moving because it was at an incline. But though, since it was in drive, it started creeping its way forward until it hit the garage door. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, brought to you by Cameron's Trauma. Yeah. So question you ever done anything dumb with your car because i don't have one for either of these episodes but i think that's one we can all share sure i have not done anything not all of us i have not done anything uh dumb with my car no (laughs) that's true well i didn't do anything dumb with fire last time we talked about it it's true it's true my friend terrace did say he enjoyed recounting that story Uh stop drop and roll he uh he listened last week and he was like man that was good (laughs) good times Uh almost blowing up a fire uh, a gas station. Gas station, yeah. We probably would be come dumb and dumber. The blowing up a gas station, but you know. I mean, in your mind. In our mind, yes. Uh, today we've got the last two episodes. We've done it of season one. We've done it. 
We've completed a whole season. Well, here in about an hour, we will have completed a whole season. Yeah, here in an hour, an hour and a half. We'll I mean, I could have left my car and drive again, and it could be creeping its way slowly to run us over right now. It would be pretty impressive if it mounted the curve that way. Yeah, and ran through your neighbor's house and then into this one. But yeah. anything could happen. It's true. Uh, it's not as far away as you'd think. I live in a weird location. Again, take a drink if uh, something mysterious about me is said. But... I just did. <laughs> it was Dr. Pepper, though. It's true. I it's like true. to keep my wits about me. Uh, you just had some rum. I mean, it was like a whole drink of it. But... Yeah, one whole mouthful. <laughs> uh, it was my really rum. feeling it. Uh, it was Diplomatico. I don't remember the rest of it, but it's, it's delicious. Nicaraguan rum. You should try it. Delicioso. It was great. Uh, anyway, we've got two interesting episodes. Um, mm-hmm. That is a way you could describe them. The second one kind of makes me mad. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, we'll get to it here in a bit. But, I, I mean, I guess it's just time. Let's just jump in. Oh, let's say again. Just because uh, everything seems to have gone back to normal doesn't mean anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And I, I mean, doesn't take much looking to see that protests and demonstrations are still happening. Yeah. And they're, and they're working. Yeah. And they're bigger. Yeah. So uh, Brianna's Law was passed um, in, what was it, North Carolina? It would have been Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Kentucky. That's Which right. is great. Still need to arrest those yeah. cops that killed her. Yep, but uh, no-knock warrants... Get them out of here. ...are going, so that's great. Um, I heard... I'm not sure which box store it was, but apparently for years now, um, black women hair care products have been in a lockbox and white women's haven't been, been and they're going to take that mm-hmm. out. I, think, I know it was Walmart. Was it Walmart? Okay. And other... I think Walgreens and other places. I, want, I, I don't know why that is. I have no idea, but hey, great. And then the, la- the last one I heard is uh, Band-Aid is no longer going to call their standard color flesh-colored because... Because one, creepy. Yes. Two, not everybody's skin tone's that way. And that's a really easy way to say, like, you don't belong here. Yeah. So So. no matter how much people in charge try to say that it doesn't change anything, that people are just being loud to try to get attention or anything, like, these protests are working. Like, things are changing for the better. Mm -hmm. Slowly, still. But. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Still, things things are happening. And so. But. That's great. Get out there. Demand change. Demand an end to the microtransactions against. Uh, microaggressions, you mean? What did I say? Microtransactions. Well, I don't like those either, Cameron. <laughs> and the microaggressions and the microtransactions. We've had enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the microaggressions uh, against people of color. Um, we have had enough. So keep elevating those uh, people of color voices. Um, but keep yourself sane, too. Mm-hmm. So we don't... You know, if you need to take a break, listen to some Boy Meets World Fever for your mental health, we get that. And we support that, too. Uh, just don't forget that there's a world out there and you can do some good in it. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that sound like a good... I think that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to stop. Uh, man, if someone listens to this in like five years, they can be like, what was 2020? Uh-huh. First, they have a weird episode Boy. because of a pandemic. and It is a wild time. Uh, yeah. Surely so. they would know. They'd be like, oh, this came... Why are they talking about this? Oh, it came out in 2020. I don't know. Uh, so I was doing some research yesterday on the Tulsa race riots. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually, it's more fair to call them the Tulsa race massacres, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were added to the official Oklahoma State curriculum this year, a month ago. Yeah. Not 1921, Tulsa race massacres were added to the official Oklahoma curriculum a month ago. Yeah. So. Really embarrassing. I don't know. Oklahoma. The, Come I, on. I really hope we are talking about this in five years and not... I'm just thinking in, in general, like... 
2020 was a was a wild time. It was a wild time. But hey, we forgot all about the murder hornets, and they seem to have forgotten about us. It's true. It's true. Apparently, there was a horror movie about the mor- murder hornets. I don't really. Know. I mean, I could think of several horror movie plots featuring murder hornets. It's true. Uh, I did see a thing about genetically engineered mosquitoes, so mm-hmm. maybe that could be the thing. Mm-hmm. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> Anyway, let's jump into the episodes um, now that we've said our piece because we don't want to be silent. We want to elevate uh, the voices of people of color. Um, so, yes, this is episode 121, Boy Meets Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off with a synop? All right. I've here's decided the... synopsis is too long of a word. Here's the synop. <laughs> I guess we're going with that. We'll go with it. Synop. Um, the class is watching a video about puberty getting your hormonal telegram all right um and this causes a lot of confusion um but over the course of the episode sean and Corey finally start being interested in girls yeah and that's pretty much it yeah that's pretty sort much the episode dealing with dating and what that kind of looks like i'm um, just kind of coming into their own and liking girls for the first time yep definitely um, so real quick, just as a quick aside before we jump into it, I never remember the last episode that we recorded uh-huh. very well because you always finish editing. We do these a week in advance. So the episode you just heard, we recorded two weeks ago. But when Cameron was finished editing it, I gave it the final listen and then I uploaded it and then I listened to the upload. So I listened to two week ago's episode twice in between the time we record the last episode and this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't remember what we talked about last week. Like the episodes at all. At all? <laughs> I mean, um, I remember what they were. I just don't remember what we talked about. What we said. <laughs> yes. So kid gloves and the plays, the thing. Yes. The, those two episodes. I feel like we thought positively of them. I mean, they weren't See, like, too. they weren't like bangers. Well, the whole reason I say this is because I think one of these episodes will be in contention for our tournament next week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm going to have a hard time remembering it. <laughs> That's true. And I, I feel like this episode is very good. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be in our in the bracket for our tournament. Uh-huh. The next one, maybe not. May- it could maybe. be a sleeper, sleeper hit. Probably not a Cinderella story. No, it's definitely not going to win. Um, if it makes it in there, it was more of a, we had to have 16, guys. Yep, we had to have 16 out of the 22 episodes. Um, but that being said, I'm just worried because like I want to I want to keep this, this episode fresh in my mind. But I just, like, uh-huh. I could not tell you for the life of me what we talked about last week. Yeah, well, just read your notes. I'll try to be a little quicker on the editing. Message received. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely... Definitely some passive-aggressive... Actually, I feel like we've got a great little rhythm going. Yeah, it's been a little off with grad school, but I'm getting it done. Uh, No, it's great. We're doing good. Anyway, so, yes. Love this episode. Um, Can't wait to talk about it. Want to keep it in my head. First question. Did you ever have a film like this in school? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Not, like, ancient. Yeah. Because the whole joke that kind of runs throughout the episode is they're watching this video like about getting your your hormonal telegram Delivery the morse code of puberty is what the video is called um, the morse code of puberty which is really just ick yeah just like not a good title in general um but i mean even here in 94 93 whatever 94 it's gotta be it is ancient technology mm-hmm 
And later in the episode, Alan's like, the the um, hormonal telegram video? Like, he remembers watching the same video. And even then, whenever we decided that was like the 60s or 70s, would have been ancient technology. Kind of then, too. Yes. Um, so they're watching this super old video. So I do remember watching it in school. It's like weird. But I remember we would like separate. Boys would go and watch one specifically for boys and girls would go watch one specifically for girls okay um i have a lot of gaps in my memory but i don't remember a video like i don't remember i remember like maybe a few talks about puberty but i do not remember like a video about what will happen to your body Uh or how hormones will affect you yeah we do we watch one even now it's a little more modern but still just like so cornball so cringy yeah just very uncomfortable wait you have to show it in your class like we again split up like all the fifth grade boys in one room and all the sixth, uh, fifth grade girls in the other room. And it's like two more generally related to sort of the different changes. But they're just really weird. We obviously didn't do one this year, mm-hmm. which I'm glad because we had some interesting students that I don't think could have handled such a um, such a challenge as watching that video with decorum and uh, composure. Yeah. Yeah. And I do feel, I feel like fifth grade is a better time because it's probably hit most girls by 12 and sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And it's hit some guys by then too. Because I remember very early on in sixth grade, I was going through. Uh, Yeah. We even show like our fourth graders too. Yeah. So fourth and fifth grade both watch it, which I feel like makes more sense because it's better to hear generally before it happens. (laughs) And boy, did Feeney get this video in under the wire. Uh, Yes, it is. Like um, literal well, minutes after the video's done. The school, the, the class lets out. Uh-huh. But also, it is the end of the year. Yeah. Like, it is May. <clears throat> yeah, because they're talking like Mother's Day's this weekend. So we're like first couple weeks of May. Like second week of May, I think, is when Mother's Day falls. Uh, it's the first Sunday of May, isn't it? Or is it the second Sunday? I can't remember if it's first or second. It's one of the two. And yeah, just, just making it in there. Um, I am asking my friend, who is also a fifth grade teacher, if they show a puberty uh, video to her class. Okay. So we shall see. Yeah. I'm curious. In Oklahoma? Yes. Okay. I would assume, but we're going to find out. Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> we haven't heard back yet. But like, what the heck? This video. <laughs> It's just, like, it's funny, like, at a comedic level, but at a, like, informational level, it's nothing. <laughs> yes, it is nothing. Oh, they do. They, they do. do. Sh- okay. Show it at her place as well. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. All the hot deets. <laughs> All the hot about deets. About puberty, um, I guess. Okay, d- explain your thoughts on this video. I, it's just, it feels so weird, and, like, comparing hitting puberty to, like, getting a telegram, just in general, is kind of weird. Because I don't feel like it's like, oh, and here it starts and you have the message and everything is different after this point. Like, I feel like it's a gradual thing on the one, like, at once. And then also, like, being like, message from his teenager. That was Like, with a telegram, like, a series of dots and dashes, like, period. Girls getting their first period. It's just, it's just a very, maybe a little too on the nose for a metaphor yeah yeah it is a it's a strange metaphor it's a dated metaphor for sure because most kids don't even know what morse code Uh is is. yeah the dots and dashes that that part of it would be lost on well maybe not in the 90s still yeah we grew up in the 90s not we weren't this old but like we still would have if it was Still, a technology yeah. that was use, used, we would have learned some about it. I learned a little bit of Morse code on, like, walkie-talkies mm-hmm. that me and my friends would play I with. We were, like, in Cub Scouts learning some of it. Yeah. 
but still, it's not it's not something that would be fresh on the mind of young people. Of anyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a weird video for sure. Uh, it, it gives them no practical information. It doesn't tell, you know, girls how to deal with their periods. It doesn't mm. tell, you know, guys what's going to happen to their bodies. Well, I guess if the video is old enough, then I guess the expectation is just talk to your parents. Or ignore it. Or ignore it. Which... I feel like is much terrible more. advice. Uh, my friend Sarah says that they watch two kind of videos like that. They watch one in fifth grade um, on puberty, and then in eighth grade they watch a safe sex video. So, all right, I don't know about that one. I yeah, I don't know about it either, but that's interesting to me. Anyway, yes, old cringy video, um, very funny. Especially, uh, Sean is great about his, like, deer in a headlights face. Uh-huh. Um, I really enjoyed that when they, I guess they both drop a pen or she drops a pen. Uh-huh. So the girl next to Sean, they, like, look over at each other and he's just, like, taken mm-hmm. with her. Smitten, I guess. Um, yeah. Just like. Hillary. Hillary's her name. Yes. Just, like, so goofy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this moment, again, Feeney getting this video in just under the wire before Sean. I guess he gets his telegram. Yeah, that moment. Well, now, haven't we seen this girl before? Am I thinking of something wrong? I think you're right. Like, she came... Because I feel like there was an episode where Sean and Corey were like, we're going to be together forever. And then this is, she's like, I'm new here. Can you show me where the principal's office is? And he's like, I know. Been there a lot of times. Let me show you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that definitely happened. What episode was that? I don't recall. Was that Kid Gloves? No, that was a long time ago. Um, let me... see. So you talk. I'll find it. Um, yeah, we're just going to look for what this episode was. Um, I know, once again, I just imagine people being like, it's this episode. It's this episode. It's this episode, you idiots. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I do remember the scene with her. I, I didn't write it down any notes about it. They were like, we're going to be friends forever. And so we're not going to ever let a girl come between us again. Well, but I think it's important to note that this isn't the first time that he's been smitten by Hillary. Yes. Good old Hillary. Um, it is the first time he is incapacitated by, by his Hillary by his smittenness or a, uh, anyone at all. Um, so they both reach down to grab a pen that fell or a pencil, and I guess their hands touch, and he is just like, "Yeah, it was a meet cute." Except they didn't meet. <laughs> I guess it was a re meet cute. Re meet cute. Exactly. I guess they do sit by each other in class, so there's probably yeah, they've known each other. Yeah, they've known each other. Um, was it the episode where Topanga had a crush on Eric? It had to have been. It must have been. I just didn't write it down. That was... Was that She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not? Yeah. Came before Model Family and the B-Team of Life. There it is. She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. Yeah, it was... The, um, it has to be that episode. Yeah, because I just we, didn't write it down. We have a deal. Like, they had a deal. And he's still shaking hands with Sean. He's like, we have a deal, we have a deal. Yeah. As he drags him off. This is a much better version of that episode. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this episode touches on a lot of... I feel like this episode touches on a lot of the same ideas that that one does. Um, mm-hmm. Like Corey's confusing crush. Um, Corey having a confused crush. And like just the whole girl thing. Mm-hmm. I still think they're too old for any... Let me yeah. let me just drop that right here. I think they're way too old for one them to be seeing a puberty video for the first time and two this not to have already happened i guess the writers are like these are young kids in school we need to have this plot point Mm -hmm. like we need to make this shift from boys hanging out with boys thinking girls are dumb to being interested in girls but like that would have already happened like you could have also just had it where that's always been the case you saw boys doing dumb boy stuff while also being interested in girls which is what the rest of the show is yeah yeah i mean 
don't I do think this episode is a good growing up episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure it's a great... It doesn't like, make sense in the timeline. It doesn't make sense in the timeline. Um, that being said, I do love it. Philadelphia schools are just very conservative. And um, they don't want yeah. to talk about those things too soon. Yeah, that's probably true. I do like how, like... I, I would say almost smug, but like... Mm, or haughty uh, Topanga and Hillary look when they're like... And you'll get your telegram well ahead of your uh, male counterparts. Uh-huh. And both of them are just like... Oh, oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> Suck it, boys. Um, which... That was very funny. Yeah. Um, do you know who George Burns is? I don't. I don't either. I didn't look it up. I was curious who he was, but apparently he played the the telegram delivery guy. Mm-hmm. Sure. We should probably know who he is. Don't please forgive we us. We failed. I'm so sorry. Um, it is funny though when Corey's like, "How do we deal with all of this?" And Mr. Feeney's like, "That is the province of your seventh grade teacher. Like that's for them to worry about. Little does anybody know." It's going to be Mr. Feeney's problem. Hey, hey, hey. You don't know that yet. Hey, the foreshadowing makes it even funnier. Like, no, it's not, I don't know if it's foreshadowing. I don't know what they plan to do. I don't know why they would think we're just going to leave Mr. Feeney behind. But they did it in Saved by the Bell, so. Yeah, that's true. They did leave their last grade school teacher behind. Mm-hmm. Even though their show was originally about her. Yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of good parallels. This show was originally about the family. But this episode, this episode feels the most like a season two episode. Because it focuses on the kids. Focuses on the kids' relationship to each other. And the family is like, there's some little seasoning in there. Mm-hmm. To spice up. Yeah, because like Alan and Amy are very funny when they're together. Yes. Um, Is that this episode? What? When Alan and Amy are funny together? They're talking about how they started dating? Yeah, that's true. That is in this one, because that makes sense. Yeah, that's coming up. Um, First we go to the cafeteria. Sean wants to know how to ask ask a girl out, and Corey's just like, it's easy, you open the door and ask her to get out. Yep, Corey is just not getting it. Poor Corey. Story of his life. But then, sweater vest Minkus. Uh-huh. So not your favorite Minkus. No. But. Comes out, but he's actually a little bit helpful. Yeah. And maybe a little bit problematic. See, yes. I wanted to talk about this too. He's like, we can read the magazines that girls read about themselves. To, to know understand them. them. And I had this revelation. See, <clears throat> I have a Pinterest. Uh-huh. That I've never posted anything on in my entire life. And it was when I started getting girls who are friends or girls I was dating. I started using Pinterest to look at their Pinterests to see the kinds of things they were into. So just research. To buy them presents. And I'm like, oh no. You're Minkus. Am I Minkus? Welcome. (laughs) One of us. Minkai. I was like, oh no, I kind of sort of do this. But like, you want to buy a thoughtful gift. You don't want to just ask them what they want. So kind of do some, you just, you do some research. You do some research on their Pinterest. See what. Get them some farmhouse sinks and some (laughs) shiplap. I'm just thinking what my wife's Pinterest look like. But so I was like, oh no, I kind of do this. And I kind of think of it as creepy when Minkus does it. Uh Am I being creepy? You're being creepy. Probably. Probably. hate to tell it to you. So anyone out there, please forgive me for... My following, my female. He's a creep. He's a weirdo. Okay, that's a thing, sure. You don't know creep? It's Uh, not creep? I don't think so, do I? I don't know. I look it up later. I remember the, what was it, Blink-182 or something? Like, I'm a creep. That's not it. Is it not it? I can't remember who sings it, which is my own shame. Anyway, we are just, we do not know what we're talking about today. Which Guys, I crashed my car into my house, okay? (laughs) Uh, I'm all sorts of flustered. We we are just two dum dums today, which we always are. But you know, just extra dum dum. 
Uh, we're just being dumb. Anyway, uh, yeah, but Minkus gives Sean a perky, and he's like, yeah. Perky Magazine is the name of the oh, yes. magazine. <laughs> it's, it's a Cosmo. Uh-huh replacement maybe like a 17 yeah a little less adult is cosmo, cosmo. adult i don't really i think a little bit i literally more, work i mean i feel like every cover of cosmos like have the best sex of your life which is obviously a lie because if every issue says that that means whatever they were saying in the previous issue wasn't the secret to make that happen because you're having to come back for more secrets I mean, that's, that's neither fair. here nor there, but that doesn't seem like a preteen girl magazine. So maybe like a Teen Vogue or a okay. Seventeen or that's all the magazines I know. Yeah. It's you not know. a game informer. I know that much. No, it's not a game informer. <laughs> now that's all the magazines I know. It's not a retro gaming magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually on and off work newsstand at a job, so I probably should know some. Uh-huh. But I feel like... The, tiger Beat. See, that's probably not a Tiger Beat. And and Seventeen isn't a thing anymore either. It's not At least it's not a magazine it we carry. Yeah, Seventeen and Tiger Beat were magazines back then. I don't know. I don't know. But I shouldn't know because then I would have been reading magazines like that. And that's kind of creepy. And you're still a creep. Um, back then. Um, yeah, so Minkus is saying that. And he's like, we have to understand girls and the things that they like. Which is like... Kind of, yeah, just creepy. Um, he's trying. He, yeah, he's he's making an effort the best way he knows how. Yeah. He doesn't know how. Yeah. And uh, Corey tells a very funny joke. When I'm looking for a magazine to hide in my math book while we read it, am I like, ooh, Sports Illustrated or Perky? <laughs> he goes with Sports Illustrated. Yes. Um, but but then, Sean does fold up the magazine and put it in his back pocket. Uh-huh. He's sitting there making fun of it like, who would ever read mm, this? But he's like, I'm going to take it. I'm yep. going to do my do my due diligence. He's pocketing that thing. Uh, but then Hillary comes and asks him to go to the movies. Yes, and he can uh, only giggle. Only giggle. And she leaves with the line, see you later, Terminator. <laughs> which is, wow. It's so cringy, but in the best way. Yeah. Which I would say, wow, the writers of this show do not know how to write dialogue for young girls. Because that was so bad. Mm-hmm. But they do an alright job with Topanga. Well, you know, I'm not 100% sure that that is bad line writing. I mean, Terminator was all the rage in the early 90s. I guess maybe it, it is because maybe she feels just as awkward as he does. And so she says something like, see you later, Terminator. Yeah, I feel like that's something I would have said when I was young or someone trying to be cool. She could have said, see you later, alligator. And that would have been not cool. Yeah, that's true. See you later. Though Ruth comma Ginsburg Bader. Stop that. Yeah, Stop that, that right one now. That wasn't good. Uh, Cameron I'm is so in timeout. Sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. Cameron is in timeout. RGB. It is forever. weird. This was something I took note of. It is weird that she says, see you later, Terminator. Referencing the film Terminator, which already has a very famous line for goodbye, which is hasta la vista, baby. Uh-huh. So... It's just weird. Like, why see you later, Terminator, instead of, you know... Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. Which, which, I don't know if it would have been any less cringy, but it's just a... I don't feel like they're quite that topical on this show. But they're literally referencing the topic. Yeah, but they're, they're, that's how topical they are, is just to say the name of the thing. Like, they're like, Beavis and Butthead. They're yeah. not, like, making a joke from Beavis and Butthead. They're naming the thing, not really making a callback. They're not subtle enough to make a real reference like that. They have okay. to just state the name of the thing that they want of to draw your attention to. You know, that's fair. That's fair. You you have actually turned me around on this. You're right. Yeah. But... I think that's the writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was very cringy, but also very funny. Um, and I guess her and Sean go on the date. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Eric about it. They sneak in to a movie. Got her to commit to a, 
Agree to a criminal act. Yep. Which is nice. Yeah. Uh, they snuck into the movie. He apparently bought popcorn and malted milk balls. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they split the price of at least the popcorn right down the middle. Which Eric says is a sign of a keeper. Yep. Someone who will split the money. Uh-huh. Um, I am more of a pay my pay for my date kind of guy. But you know. Yeah, well, Sean's room. poor. So. Well, Sean is not poor yet. He's on. The, I've already explained. <laughs> the, the, yes, the declining fortunes, declining of, fortunes of the Hunter clan. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's happening. Um, and then they threw malted milk balls at people's heads. Uh-huh. He's like, "Well, how was the movie?" He's like, "We didn't watch the movie." And both Corey and Eric are just like, "What?" Completely shocked. And he's like, "We threw malted milk balls at people for two hours." Yes, which I questioned the legitimacy of because like two or three people get hit with a malted milk ball and they're going to the to the manager to the they manager. Don't have, they, I, you don't have to be. A Karen yeah. to be like that. Especially if they're like getting them soft in their mouth first and then throwing them. <laughs> How many people are going to a movie at like four o'clock on a school day? That might be true. There may have only been like two really stubborn people in there that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're throwing stuff at. Maybe they were hiding down so they didn't see who it was. Is it? Oh, I guess it does have to be a school night because uh, Corey is there the next day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So it's a school night. So yeah. It all tracks. It's like at very least a Thursday night. A Thursday afternoon movie, uh-huh. which, you know. Probably not a big crowd. Probably not a big crowd. You're right. Um, so, yeah. So, but then Corey is feeling jealous that Sean is wanting to spend all of his time with Hillary. Mm-hmm. And so he cracks a scheme. Well, we should mention, he says, Sean says, it's still me and you. It's still Corey and Sean. It's the way it's always going to be. And then like, very funnily cuts to the next scene where they're looking for seats in the cafeteria and he sees Hillary and he's like, I'm going to go sit with Hillary. Um, so the Fugitive episode made it seem like Sean's troubled lifestyle was going to be the thing that drives him and Corey apart. Yeah. In reality, it's Sean's dating lifestyle that, that drives- is going to drive him and Corey apart. Yes. But you know, I felt much more worried for their friendship watching this episode than I did The Fugitive. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, the Fugitive kind of throws the, the, the friendship danger in later. Yeah. If anything, though, from the kids' point of view, their friendship is getting stronger because Corey likes being involved in the craziness. <laughs> yes. Like they're scheming together, but now they're they're drifting apart. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, yeah, you're right. It's, it's There's definitely the tear girls. in the canvas. Canvas is about to rip. Where's um, Mr. Feeney with his canvas analogy right now? Come on, Feeney. You got one good analogy. Feeney doesn't really teach them anything in this episode, does does he? He shows them a video about puberty. A very unhelpful video about puberty. Yeah, they don't really have another classroom scene, though. Uh, we're going to cover it in the next episode, but I want to know, does Feeney redeem himself as a good teacher in this season? Um, but we'll talk about it next episode. No. <laughs> he doesn't. No. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're very right. Anyway. Um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> so Corey's like, fine. He wants to hang out with girls. I'll hang out with girls too. See if he likes that. Uh-huh. So he goes to Mingus. He goes to Mingus. Now, I have a question. Uh-huh. Where are the rest of Minkus's friends? Yeah, where are all his alternative friends? I guess they're his, what's the opposite of alternative? Mainstream friends? Sure. To him, they're mainstream. To everyone else, they're alternative. Yeah, where are those guys at? Yeah, I don't know. They've abandoned him because he's in his, he's not in the sweater vest in this one, but maybe sweater vest Minkus drove them all away. Maybe sweater vest Minkus drove them all away. Or maybe, here's my theory, maybe Minkus wanted to be friends with Sean and Corey so bad, and he wanted to be part of that crew, that he drove 
them away himself. He's like, I need to be available just in case Sean and Corey need me. Could be. Probably not. I don't know. He's always there for them. They're always getting thrown together. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm just saying. I think I think maybe Minkus's friends were like, hey, if you don't want to be our friends, fine. Just wait around for those two dinguses. Uh-huh. They probably used that word too. Dingai, I like to call Dinguses. Them. Dingusy. Um, yeah. I don't know. He just had this this whole community of friends. And now Corey's like, and you wonder why you sit alone at lunch. Uh-huh. He never sat alone at lunch. He at never. that episode made it seem like he didn't. No. And he... even Topanga's not there. Yeah. I also, I did get the sense that Topanga was kind of an in and out presence in their group. I don't know why. she's a free spirit. She's yeah. not going to be held down. Yeah. She was just with them at that moment because they all had the common goal of saving Mrs. Rose, Rosemead's job. Mm-hmm. Nice remembering. Um, but Corey goes to Minkus to get the deets yeah to get the perkies and minkus tries to coach him a little bit doesn't Mm -hmm. go very well but he's like well let's look here at this survey of the things that women are looking for in a man to which Corey says spare change and minkus looks at the list and he says that's number nine so let's start at number one (laughs) which was a very funny joke just like that's "That's actually just number nine and it's just a sign of the times because if you give anyone change these days you've basically insulted them Uh uh-huh Change is not popular in our current society. No. You're weighing them down. Yes. Pointless metal. So, sign of the times. Minkus. Dating us. Uh So he's, um, he's like, the first thing is shared interests. It says you should find something that you have in common. And if she's into nu- numismonics, what do you what do you talk about? Numismos, coins, <laughs> <laughs> the spare change. Yeah, spare change. Right Numismos, <laughs> Numismos. <laughs> and he's like, oh well, let's try number two then, and which is sense of humor, which Corey thinks he has in spades. I think the show has shown us maybe no one else agrees with him. <laughs> yes, and Minkus doesn't either. Yeah, yes. Corey tries. So is there hard. a third? I don't think so. No, that's the only two because he tries both of those with. Yeah, and then, you know, say what you want about Minkus. His self-confidence has never wavered. Mm-hmm. Um, Because he's like... Except so, when he got uh, didn't get an A. Or didn't know the answer to the problem. Yes, the problem the that you problem. so eloquently figured out. Ha-ha! Take that, Minkus! Um, but yes, uh, he has never wavered in his confidence. Um, there's been some cracks in the shell. Like, I want to be cool more than anything you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. But he knows who he is. Yeah, he's got, you know, he's got a little insecurity. But when Corey's like, what do you have to do to get a girl to go out with you? He's just like, me? Practically nothing. <laughs> go, make it. Get him, son. So confident. Get it. Because I am a provider, babe. <laughs> uh, I love Minkus. Um, and then he just tells him, go for a girl in a dress. This is the first first thing you see in a dress. Yes. And Corey does not realize that that is um, hyperbole. Because uh-huh. like, you see him looking around the cafeteria, just looking to see what everyone is wearing on yeah. their legs. He, he passes more girls than we knew this school had students. Yeah. And yet none of them are wearing a dress until... Topanga. Yes. Topanga. Um, so he asks Topanga to go to Bob Stupchek's Stupchek's Burger Burger World, World. which we had in, uh, Risky Business, Bob Stupchek's Pizza World. Uh Uh-huh. So he's got the two restaurants, at least. At least the two restaurants. Um, and he names them his name World. Uh Uh-huh. I want to know who Bob Stupchek is so bad. I don't think he exists. I've looked, I've looked everywhere. Maybe he would. I even looked up Bob Stupchek's Pizza World and it just said... I think it was made up for the show. Maybe he was Bob Stubjack was just like a friend of one of the writers. Maybe so. It's just a good name. Sure. It sounds like a former football player. Football coach. Or well, a coach. He, he may have played too. I don't know. 
a lot of coaches play. That's all that I I don't know. Yes. Um, but then you know, Topanga's like, I don't eat meat. Yeah, which so Corey should have known. Yeah, come on, Corey, get a pulse. Yeah. Um, so they're going to International House of Salad. She loves IHOS. IHOS. Um, Which I think is a real restaurant, actually, right? I have no idea. I think there is, like, an international house of salads. I think that is real. Or at least there's something like it real. Surely. I remember there was, like, Super Salad. Oh, yeah. Which was... Is that still around? No. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't seen... It went the way of most buffet-type places. But I think international house of salad... I think it's real. But yeah, she loves IHOS. She's into it. It's a date. Uh-huh. Corey tries to find common interests. Oh, right. Um, and he's like, so what are you into right now? She's like, well, Mercury's in retrograde, making projects difficult to finish and sowing general chaos into the universe. And so then Corey's like, um, want to hear a joke? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a solid joke. Uh-huh. It is a solid joke. Uh, the joke he tells for those who aren't watching along with us, which, come on, watch the show. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, but he says, how did the astrologer uh, cross the road? How? In his Taurus. <laughs> which, which is really funny. Yeah. It's, it's just, like a very, any good play on the chicken crossing the road joke. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And you know. Because I don't, I don't understand. That Taurus joke. is an astrological sign. And a car. We're just explaining. This has been explaining the joke. It's kind of our little segment that we do every episode where we just really explain a joke and take all the joy out of it. Yeah. We just take all the joy out of the joke. Um, It's a good joke. And they've got a date. Ooh. Where's the crowd? <laughs> hmm? Ooh. Yeah. So I just then, wanted to do it too. Yeah. So then we cut to Alan and Amy mm-hmm. at home. Well, first, just, just, just to get it out of the way. When she uses the word date, it freaks him out. Yeah, he does freak him out. He's like, what? What do you mean a date? Mm-hmm. Um, come on, Corey. Yeah. Now. Get a pulse. We do cut to Alan and Amy. Go ahead. Oh, I was like, I, the way you said it was like, we do cut to them, but let me, let me take it. And Amy is saying something exciting is happening. Alan's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, who, like, who is it? Which one of our kids is the one that's the problem? <laughs> And she says it's corny. He's like, he's too old for it to be this, but he's too young for it to be that. And she's like, oh no, it's a girl. He has a girl. Something. Yep. And then Alan and Amy are kind of talking about. It's very funny. That. And yeah, they, again, they're just like playing off each other so well. Mm-hmm. I feel like Alan and Amy, I think they're good TV parents, but I feel like they do their best when they're not the focus. I agree. Well, and I think this way about the family just in general. They're great spice to add to an episode. You don't want to just eat a clove of garlic. But that garlic makes that bread taste great. You ever just eaten a clove of garlic? No, and neither of you. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I wouldn't rule it out. Maybe I would, actually. So, yeah, I think they're great in this scene. Uh, Amy says that she used to talk to eight different guys a night, which seems excessive, especially because when I talked to girls on the phone, it was always like a several-hour thing. Yeah. Did you ever do a lot of, like, talking to girls on the phone? No. Did you have a big moment in your youth? This is just kind of redoing it, where you, like, got your own phone once and you could talk to your buds. I got a phone when I was uh, 16. I got my first cell phone, but I never used it. Oh, you never... And I never texted. Uh, well, neither did I at first. I was one of those, like, if you just want to get a hold of me, just give me a call. But it's like, please don't call me either. Even then, I hated talking on the phone. Really? I had three buddies, and then there was a few girls here and there that I would just talk on the phone with for hours. Like, that's just from, like, 12 to, like... 
15-ish. That's just what we did. We got home from school and we called each other. We'd like do homework or like watch TV while we were talking on the phone. It, I, I don't, I, I, for the life of me, don't know what we talked about, but. But you had a good time. Yeah. Clearly influenced you greatly. Uh, one time on a Saturday, I called my buddy and I played, uh, I had gotten a PS2, but I had no PS2 games and the PS2 memory card was very hard to find at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a memory card. So I took an old game that I had, uh, the uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, good one. It, it is great. I hadn't beat it at this point, And I remember playing it for four hours and 30 minutes while I was on the phone with a friend, just talking to what him a time. and playing Final Fantasy Tactics. And then I lost a battle and lost four hours and 30 minutes worth of progress. And you was save it devastating because you couldn't even save that on a ps2 memory card if you had one you had to have a ps1 memory card something like that i don't remember but it was rough playstation was wild like video games were wild they were for a while they still kind of are but yeah different ways i talked on the phone all the time but even then eight people a night seems insane Mm. amy and then alan just says like he didn't no he even says like i just was wanting to get married so then i'd be calling the shots and then amy's like i'm sorry that that didn't work out for you yeah what (laughs) what i want to talk about is how does amy know how does amy know that Corey's going on a date because Corey wouldn't have called it a date and Corey wasn't excited about it uh-huh. seems like she the first said he time. was like getting ready i guess but then he comes in from outside yeah i don't know how amy figured out that Corey had this date maybe he told eric i could see that and then eric told her they have a good relationship yeah but yeah i found that, just weird. that tv magic but then when they're talking to Corey about it she's like wait are you just going out with topanga to keep up with sean and he goes how do you know and then alan responds it's the sorority of satan <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel is a dark joke. Uh-huh. That's a bit much. I mean, clearly we just laughed. But, Alan, what the heck? The sorority of Satan. Wow. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. He's like, son, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. Yeah. When he comes in, I think this is great. This is the stupidest thing you've ever done. Uh-huh. Before I shoot myself in the foot. What stupid thing are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> um yeah and so they tell they sit cory down and set him straight like you can't do this you can't treat a person that way and so <laughs> cory's like yep honesty is the best policy when it comes to like dealing with girls mm-hmm. then he goes off to call topanga and alan's just like and he thinks he's ready to date <laughs> Which, again, another dark joke uh-huh. that is great from Alan Matthews. Uh-huh. He's just got some good some good ones. Yeah, uh, he picks up the phone real quick, tells Topanga he's got the flu, and hangs up on her. He says, I feel good about that. <laughs> now, we have watched this episode many times. Uh-huh. But this is the first time I've watched it analytically. I actually think this episode is different than I ever thought it was. I think, I think that the characters in the show are right. And that Corey actually does have a crush on Topanga from way back in She Loves Me and Loves Me Not. Uh-huh. He just doesn't realize it, but everyone else does. And I think since it's from Corey's point of view, that's a little harder to see and you have to watch. But like the nervousness with which he calls her, the inability to talk about his feelings when he's with his parents in both of those episodes, mm-hmm. I think actually does kind of point to, actually, no, Corey does have a crush. Like it's never expressly focused on. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think, it, I don't think it comes out of nowhere in this one. I, I do think it is well built up subtly in the background. And maybe that's just me reading in. It could be. Or maybe they just 
did that great of a job. Yeah, I, no, but I really do. Like when he's talking to his parents, he's like, everything went fuzzy when they showed us that when they showed us that hormonal telegram video. And it's like, oh, maybe maybe Corey does have these feelings. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want to admit them or know how to talk about them. Right, and I think the next episode or the next uh, scene where Topanga visits bringing him tea, I think really illustrates that. But let's recap the scene before I get into it. Okay, so next scene, Corey's folding laundry. And by that we mean shooting hoops with socks into the laundry basket. There's a knock at the door. He goes to answer it. Shock, shock. Surprise, surprise. It's Topanga. Who he just lied to. Who he just lied to saying he was sick. And he's like running to the door. Answers, he like coughs. Like, oh, feeling very fluish. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's brought him some tea. It's going to help him feel better. And then Corey's like, smells like a bunch of socks. Yep. Um, And she's like, it's an ancient remedy. And he's like, what does he say? Best before... Best used before Lincoln's assassination. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a very funny joke. Uh Uh-huh. And so they're over. He like, come, like, lets Topanga know what's up. He's like, I just wasn't really comfortable about, like, with having a date. So I lied to you about it. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, okay. And she goes to leave. And then she's like, quick question. Why are there socks all over the floor? Mm-hmm. And so then he's showing her how to play sock basketball. It's like very funny. It is. How not into it she is, but well, also how into it she yeah, is. Yeah. Just how bad at it she is. Yeah. From Corey's perspective. Because Corey's like doing all these moves and like he does this, he breaks left, he breaks right. He jumps over, he jumps Shaquille, over Shaquille O'Neal. And like is moving all around the room and then finally shoots it in the basket. And then with Topanga, she just stands there while he's saying all these wild things she does. And then she just walks over and, and places it in the basket. Yeah. I was going to say, just as a really quick aside, man, if this is what sports are like in their world where people are doing spiral tomahawk 360s into slam dunks, uh-huh. I would Pretty watch that. Cool. Yeah. I would be much more of a sports person. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she is into it, but not into it, and it's very uh-huh. funny. It's just also interesting because she seems clueless again, a little bit. Really? And like, as he's saying these, and like, you do this, and she's just like, not. And even she's like, going to leave his house, and then is like, hold on, what's all of it? It just, some of it felt a little weird. See, see, this this is part of my theory, though. I think it's actually the exact opposite. I think Topanga knows. This guy likes me. And so she does a few... It's the sorority of Satan at work. <laughs> I think there are a few moments that almost seem out of character for Topanga that I think are actually super important. One is when she pouts, I just wanted to make you feel better. Topanga is not a pouter no, as far as we know. Definitely not. But I think Topanga knows, oh, he called because he got nervous. So I'm going to go over there and not really confront him, but kind of like move things along. So he, she goes over, she kind of guilts him into admitting what he did with the whole, you know, I, I wanted to make you feel better. And then she, she gives him a shot and she's like, oh, he's not ready. He's not ready to take a shot. I guess I'll wait. And then she just decides, no, I'm not going to wait. And then then gonna... he shoots his shot well, no, in then... modern parlance. <laughs> then he, then she shoots her shot by stopping at the door being like, why are there clothes everywhere? Because Topanga knows. I think Topanga knows. I really do. He just wants to spend time with me. He just doesn't know how. And he doesn't know how to ask for it. But he'll take any excuse. So all I'll do is ask about these socks. So I guess here's the question. Mm-hmm. If this is her thought process, what's wrong with her being interested in Corey? Well, we will learn later that they have a lot of more history together. But at this point, they don't seem to. At this point, they don't. All he does is he's just like mean to her and like makes fun of her. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to believe this like, oh, I think I like him too. And I'm going to help 
him connect the dots. But don't you, I mean, in TV world, not necessarily real world, don't you like tease and kind of antagonize a little bit? Like the girl you like? I feel like it's pretty modern. You shouldn't. <laughs> no, no, don't do not do that. But I feel like, I think everyone else in the show, Alan and Amy and um, Eric especially, all know Corey has a thing for this girl. Mm-hmm. And we, from Corey's perspective, like, no, he Clearly doesn't. doesn't. But again, if it's all from his perspective that the story's being told, mm-hmm. then of course we would kind of... Unreliable narrator. Yeah. It's a case of unreliable narrator. I, see, I think... I think so. And I think if you watch the scene closely, it's clear that she is pushing things along. That she she knows that it does not matter what they do there. It's that they're doing something together will open each other up. And she's right. She shoots that basket. They high five. He does his he does this g- giggle. He does his giggle, which I guess is my hormones are here. Hello. Hello, Telegram. <laughs> Um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I ever had a giggle moment. No. Um, there was one girl in college who I really struggled to talk to because I thought she was so pretty. But that's the only like similar thing. Um, you knew her. But anyway, we'll talk about that okay. afterwards. Off the air. Off the air. I struggled. So I had that kind of problem. But, um, but yeah, so he has his giggle and then they get real comfortable talking about Mother's Day. Like you do. Yeah. And I think, like, if you watch, the when Corey, when Topanga acts out of character, um, giving the high five, doing the pouting, and then, like, just kind of going along with, with his game, which I think are out of character things for her. I think if you watch, I really do think, like, it's very intentional. Mm. She is she is pushing Corey along Topanga. to a place he know, she knows he wants to be. Ooh, Topanga. <laughs> Self-actualization. I, I think so. I think she, I have said it this whole time. I think Tempenga is a seriously self-aware young woman. Like she knows Minkus has a crush on her. She, but she's, she's not going to shoot him down, but she's also not going to like lead him on, lead him on. If he takes his shot, he takes a shot. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And I think he, she knows like, oh, Corey likes me. I mean, clearly from kid gloves, he likes her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to make fun of you. <laughs> Which I still, but think he still makes fun of. fun of her. Does he? In the next episode... He does. He does. But again, the next episode feels out of place. Yes, it does. Though, we're going to get to the next episode, folks, because I have feelings. Like, this episode, I feel like would be a good end. I do. I do. In fact, the very end of this episode, when the two girls pass and the two boys split up to go follow them, like, that, in my mind, is the last scene of episode, Uh of season one. And it makes sense going into, like, season two. Yep. Like, where Sean's character goes, even Corey. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, they both become girl crazy. They're both kind of following girls into a bigger world, you could say. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the end of season one to me. Yeah. Um... It's we've it's got a May. Whole other episode in there. <laughs> yeah, we've got a whole another episode. But anyway, anyway, I love this scene with uh, Corey and Topanga. Mm, it's a really good scene. I think they're both great in it. Like when she leans back, says, "You're killing me, Corey," and he like she leans back on his hand, kind of trapping him there, and then he does the giggle. Was one of the only times I've laughed out loud watching this show. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I not that I don't think the show is funny. I just don't laugh out loud when I watch things by myself very often. Yeah, it doesn't happen. But I'm trying to note every time I do, and this was one. This one was one. And so then, but then we go to the next scene where Sean and Eric are asking Corey about the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like, it sounds like you had a date. Yeah. He's like, no, we were just talking. It's like, no, what you have is a date. Um, We also find out Sean is 13. Sean says he's 13 years old. Does he? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. So, I don't know. 
Maybe he was held back or started late. Oh, yeah. He says he's a 13-year-old burnout. Uh-huh. Like, he's used up all his coolness. Oh, dang. Well, on the timeline, Sean is at least 13. Uh-huh. Um, and Corey just turned 12. Yeah. Like two episodes ago. So... Like, late April, Corey turned 12. Sean's already 13. Uh, maybe... I know pre-first was a thing. Like, you did pre-K in the uh-huh. in kindergarten and then pre-first and then first. Maybe Sean had to do pre-first. Maybe. Or, we know from later, I guess we don't know this, but Sean's moved a lot. So uh-huh. maybe, like, he just fell back a year. Yeah. Who knows? Just, like, had some gaps. But yeah, That's Sean. for us to figure out later, but Sean is 13, um, and then we have our final scene kind of in the hallway. Not the very final that you were just describing, but like Corey and Topanga mm-hmm. kind of having their moment, which feels really weird because I feel like they're like trying to make the episode about moms, and like Mother's Day. Yeah, I think the episode is about womanhood. Uh-huh, but... It just feels weird, like something something about like a strong woman and Topanga's like, well, I hope to be one someday. And then yeah. the music plays and it's like, this is the emotional moment. Yeah. She fixes his collar. Uh-huh. He puts it back up and then fixes puts it, back. it again. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cute scene. Um, again, I think Topanga's just like, you know, let him develop at his own pace. Mm-hmm. Like um, he leaves his backpack in the very middle of the hallway on the floor to talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and in both of these episodes, I'm just going to mention it now, get it out of the way. In both of these episodes, every single time they're in the living room, the back door is wide open. I mean, it is springtime in the Northeast. You're going to have the door open. (laughs) Yes. I just never knew knew that the Matthews household, they were such barnyard animals. Uh Which is a funny expression when you think about it. It's like, you leave the door open, were you born in a barn? It's like, no, if you have a barn, you're going to close that door. Yeah. Because the animals are going to get out if you don't close that door. It's yes. a poor expression. It is a poor expression, but, um, you know, you don't want to leave the door open. You get bugs in. Yeah. No bugs. I guess that's the difference between real life and a TV set. It's true. Um, there's a cute scene in the hallway. He wrote his mom a poem for Mother's Day and she cried. I can't imagine a poem written by Corey Matthews, but... Being anything good. Yes. I mean, the next episode tells us some of his thoughts on poetry. Yes. So. And later seasons tell us more thought of his thoughts on poetry. They're all terrible. I am so excited to talk about the episode we're talking about, and I'm so dreading talking about the episode. The next one? Talk about. You like the one we're talking about now? You're not looking forward to the next one. Yeah, but for, for, for weird reasons. Yeah. So, final thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, well, and then there's just the ending scene of the girls mm-hmm. saying, like, hey, we're going to be Corey. together forever. Yeah. And then the girls walk by going in different directions, and then Sean and Corey, like, See ya. <laughs> yeah, and bolt off after their respective women, um, which is very funny. Uh, when in the scene where uh, Eric and Sean were grilling Corey about his date, Eric says that, or uh, Sean says his date went bad, and Corey never admits that. Um, Corey never admits that it was a date. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, they're both way over that because they. Corey even says we survived our first dates. And we're still friends. So Corey's admitted it's a date and Hillary comes and that bad day doesn't matter. Yep. You just bolt apart and follow the women. Yes. As you do. As you do. So yeah. final thoughts. Final thoughts. I like this one a lot. I feel like it's another standout mm-hmm. episode. Overall, you got it's focused on the kids, just enough of the family. Zero Morgan. Tiny little bit of Morgan because yeah. she says Eric, she's getting Eric to take her to the mall to get a Mother's Day gift. Yeah, basically Morgan is there to reveal that, that it is Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Um, so definitely not enough of her, but I don't know where she would fit in. Right. Um, yeah. Barely any Feeny. Barely any Feeny. But it's got the four characters I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I overall, 
I think it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. What'd you rate it? Gave it. An, I well, I gave it less, but talking about it, just like earlier with you, where you're like, man, I just really had a good time, and so it made me think better of the episode. So I gave it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, that is also what I gave it. My final thoughts. Um, I think this is actually a really good episode to pay attention to because I really do think I'm not reaching for the stuff I was saying about Topanga in the uh, in the living room scene. Like it does all seem planned and very on purpose. Mm. Um, and I think is great for Topanga. Um, so I think this is a great episode to pay attention to. I think the parents are just funny enough. Um, I think we get some great big brother Eric moments. Um, I think we get some great Sean moments. I just think this episode feels the most like a season two episode. Mm -hmm. It's focusing on the kids. It's mostly in the school. We're dealing with girls and growing up instead of this one thing. You gotta appreciate your dad. Yeah, you gotta appreciate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're gr- dealing with growing up. I really like this episode. Um, maybe my favorite episode of the season. Maybe we'll talk about next, it next week. Next week we'll reveal. But yeah, a fight so fight to the death. In a fight to the death. Um, so uh, all that being said, I also gave it an eight point five. Um, I think I already said. Who's your MVP? MVP. I was torn between Corey and Topanga. See, I gotta give it to Topanga. Yeah, your talk about Topanga though. Yeah, made made it clear to me. Yeah, I think she's great in it. I think uh, I even think her new aginess makes sense. They like gave her a defined belief system in this one. Like it's very she's a vegetarian. She believes in life. She believes in love. She doesn't believe in commercialism, and she's just an astronomy like astrology into astrology. I get that. Uh-huh. That's a it's belief like, system I a, understand. Defined a little bit. Season two kind of goes out the window. A little bit. But, and especially by like season three, it's just gone. Yeah. Um, they, they bring it up as part of her past later on, I think, but... Uh-huh. And in Girl Meets World, they make a reference to it. Yeah. Also, which is pretty funny, actually. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I think Topanga, I think she's great in this episode. I think she's funny. Has she been the MVP yet? Maybe in Corey's Alternative Friends. I don't remember. Maybe you should really make a list. Oh, I'm going to. Before next week, I will have our averages, our MVPs, and our titles all written out. As you should. Um, that is, okay. your goal this week is to edit next week's episode. My goal is to make that list. Sounds good. So what was your title? I just did Boy Meets Hormones. I said Boy Meets Hormonal Telegram. I See, that's better. That's good. I love it. I'm here for you. Uh, I, I thought about Boy Meets Miss Teenager because maybe my favorite <laughs> line. Telegram for Miss Teenager. Yeah. Um, but no, I like Hormonal Telegram better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is a great episode. Uh, we have actual timeline to do. Sean is 13 apparently. Yes. So that works. Um, I did want to mention, like, Sean's theory about you're born with a certain amount of cool and you, like, use it up at different rates uh-huh. kind of gave me chills because that's how Trump thinks physical energy works. Like, he had that whole thing about how he doesn't exercise because everyone's born with a certain amount of physical energy and if you exercise and you use it's up, all it's, all gone. it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> so that kind of gave me some chills, but not for the reasons you want to have chills. No, no, not for the reasons you want to have chills. I'm, I'm trying to think why you would want to have chills. I don't feel like they're comfortable. No. Um, you definitely don't want them for realizing that the leader of your country has the mental processing of a 13 year old. <laughs> of a 13 year old on an early 90s sitcom. <laughs> Um, I mean, it makes sense. Do you have any final random thoughts? Um, No. I think I'm finally not shaken about driving my car into my house. Okay. I'm glad. Because you're you're thinking about Boy Meets World now. Thinking about how great of a character Topanga is. Mm -hmm. We're good. We're doing good. Um, So, let's go ahead and insert the music and start episode uh, 122. (laughs) 
I dream of Feeny. I dream of Feeny. I guess it's my synopsis yep. before we get any anywhere. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> That's more about the episode, not chance synopsizing. The sign-up. Get it. Hit us with that sweet, sweet sign-up. Synop. Synop. Uh, Corey doesn't want to take a geography test, which we need to get into, but Corey doesn't want to take a geography test. He wishes Feeny gets sick. Phoenix, Feeny's appendix bursts. Corey feels guilty. There we go. I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is not a bad episode. It is fine. It's standard. Yes. It's it is, placement. It is not finale worthy. No, and it's not finale worthy. It regresses a lot of the characters. Like, it's just a weird episode to be at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. But what we will talk about at the very end of this episode, it has to be here. It has to be at the very end. Because a canon moment in the final scene of this episode is essential for understanding a lot. Yeah. Moving forward. So it's got to be here. I don't understand why it's here. I don't know. Yeah. It's... (laughs) <laughs> so much about this, like we've talked about earlier episodes, like the she loves me, she loves me not kind of feeling like a mess. Mm-hmm. This feels like even more of a mess. Yeah, it really does. It really does. So maybe it's not standard. It may be below standard. The more I, the more I think about it, I, I'm really trying to parse my feelings between this episode shouldn't be the last one of the season and is this a good episode of Boy Meets World? Because it's definitely a letdown as a last episode. Uh-huh, for sure. Um, let's. Go- but I feel like if it had been in kind of the middle, yeah, probably would have been okay. Well, yeah, and I, I really think the feeling for this episode, like how how things feel to be going in this episode, is maybe like right around risky business. Mm-hmm. Like there's still the, that antagonism between Sean and Minkus on a pretty high level where it's been toned down recently. There isn't much interaction with Topanga, um, which consequences don't normally carry over. But I feel like relationship would be a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary's not in the episode, which, I mean, y- you would expect, but still. Like, there was so much story stuff that's happened in the last few that... Yeah, there's just, it doesn't build. It's not being built upon. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know why, but it feels like an early spring episode. Like, everyone's kind of in jackets. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's kind of in jackets. Feeny's putting up that duck. And it just kind of feels like there's still leaves on the ground. Spring hasn't sprung. Mm-hmm. Or it's just starting to spring. Yeah. Still might wear a nice light jacket in spring. Well, but not in May. Well, yeah. But early spring, you're going to wear a nice light jacket. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, everyone seems to be dressed for the winter. Like, I don't know. It's a weird episode. It, it feels weird here. I have some theories as to why I think it's here. Um, but let's jump into it. Yeah, so Sean and Corey are making a milkshake. Without ice cream or ice. Uh-huh. They just put milk and peanut butter. A whole banana. Yeah. <laughs> peel and all. Peel. Let's just say plop the whole thing in there and then an egg like a raw egg a raw egg because stallone does it mm-hmm. in the rocky movies yeah so why not why not and then they're like hey just because we are kids with a blender doesn't mean we have to make a mess so cory puts the lid on proclaiming himself as lid boy yes so we get that joke twice yes. in this episode and pretty near to each other yeah which again this is they a pre-kids glove episode they try so hard to make this the catchphrase yeah, th- this is a pre-Kids Glove episode. It's got to be. But it can't be. Can't be. We'll get to that because it just makes sense. <laughs> Your mind will be blown. This is sort of like our clickbait to keep you listening. It's like, you won't believe what has been revealed <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. That, that was terrible. You know what I mean. I do. What you what he saw next would leave you breathless. <laughs> would leave you breathless. So this is the last time that we're listening to the theme song. How are you feeling? 
fine. I think I skipped it both times. <laughs> I did too. It's just so long. <laughs> it is. Um, I I think we will keep it as our theme song. Maybe. Um, I was oh. messing around some in um, what's the Garage Band on my iPad. Ooh. To see, but I I couldn't get it to work. But it'd be fun to play around with. Yeah, if we come up with a new one, we come original up with a new one. bop. Uh, that'd be fun. But um, we'll keep it as ours because we don't really do the theme song. We do the the scene yeah, openers. Our the theme song. opener. Um, it does become a lot more rocking in season two, though. It does. But we use that as our yeah, as our transition as our break. So we use that one too. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll worry about that. Yeah, I feel like the break. overall tone changes and it's less cookie cutter more rock and roll we'll get into that later um but yeah so he's he proclaims himself to be lid boy again one final hurrah for this catchphrase uh-huh but sean takes the lid off calling him mommy whipped yeah again just weird well we used to use a word that was not mommy there to describe a guy who did what his girlfriend said too much uh-huh and i'm wondering of what came first i don't know i will not say this word on air but i most of you know what it is it's probably a good idea um we don't need another faux pas yeah of once don't make me bust out that um i don't really bust that. out that sound effect again <laughs> Boop. that oh. was not the sound effect that was my mouth <laughs> yes yes it was <laughs> i don't even know what just happened bam <laughs> Um, I'm tired. You are tired, but that's okay. They are. They make a big mess. Amy walks in, looks around, and just walks, just out. walks back out, which is very funny. But they don't go to clean it either. Uh-huh. The boys don't. Yeah, they just. Uh, Sean's like, oh, got all over my geography book. And then they go sit down at the table. And then they're kind of talking like, we have this geography test. Man, we should study. I really don't want to study. What is the capital of North Dakota? Does he say Banff? Yeah, Banff. Which I don't... Is that a reference to X-Men comics? See, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And here's my thing. So Bismarck is the, is the capital of North Dakota. Uh-huh. Uh, it's where my father lives. And... Hello, Gerald. My dad would never listen to this. Anyway. Um, yeah. And Bismarck is a German word and Nightcrawler is German? That's way too meta. <laughs> There's no way. I, it... it what is Bam? What is, what is he talking about? I think it's just gibberish that's coming out of his mouth. Well, uh, so if, those of you who don't know, there are a few famous sound effects in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, S-K-K-T. Like snicked. Yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, S-N-K-K-T. Whenever is, Wolverine's claws come out, yeah. it's like snicked. And uh, one of the other ones, also in X-Men, is every time Nightcrawler teleports. It's like a little puff of smoke. With the word Bam. B-A-M-F. Yep. Not the acronym for something else. Well, the acronym actually came out of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So this came first. Um, but yeah, so BAMF is just like kind of nerd parlance for teleporting. Yes. Short range teleportation. Yeah. I'm sure you really were coming to this podcast to kind of get that info. Well, I, I when he said that, I was just like... That's where I went too. I was like, what? Nightcrawler? What's happening? And I, and I was. I was like, well, Bismarck is a German word. <laughs> And Nightcrawler is German, so maybe it's like a... (laughs) Way overthinking it. I don't know. Tell us out there if that was a reference to Nightcrawler's German heritage or not. It wasn't. It probably wasn't. But Corey hates geography again. Yeah. What the heck? He should already know all the capitals and the state nicknames, because that's all geography is. You'll never convince me otherwise. (laughs) He learned all of those. Yeah, and he also learned that geography was actually kind of fun to study. Yeah, I find that fascinating. Those were his words. (laughs) Those were his words. Why did they pick geography for this? Maybe he's just kind of burnt out in school in general. Even the subject that he loves. He just can't can't muster up the moxie to make it happen. 
this is my theory. It's a very small theory. My theory is they recorded this episode, ran it by Michael Jacobs or whoever, and he's like, why did you, why geography? We just had an episode where he learns to appreciate geography. He's like, frick, put it at the end of the season, maybe people have forgotten by then. Makes sense. So they just kind of sat on this episode. You just blew it wide open, Chance. (laughs) That was not a small theory. I think that's it. Because Michael Jacobs, come on the show. Confirm. Uh, he, he just texted, oh my gosh, you cracked the code. I thought no one would ever would ever notice. What a fool I am. I'm going to let you be in the Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World movie. Yes. That will assuredly happen. Anyway. We will make sure that it happens. Um, but yes, so Corey hits geography again. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So then they cut. He, or Corey's just like, I wish Mr. Feeney would get sick. Mm-hmm. Because teachers get a whole week that they can take off like if they're sick during the school year. Mm-hmm. And that's just crazy. Why would you not use those? Mm-hmm. Cameron, mm-hmm. do you always use your sick leave week? Nope. <laughs> we get more than that. We get, I think we get 10 days, like sick days, mm-hmm. plus personal days. We get three personal days. Well, yeah, but sick leave much. carries over. And so like even just teaching three years, we've had to take some because different stuff that's come up. So you I had prob- a son. Yeah, I had a son that ate some days, of course. Um, but I so I probably have around ten or so days that are carrying over into next year. But then, like when you retire, depending on how many days you have stored up, you can like cash out on those. Yeah. Is there a maximum? Um, I think it is 150, 180 days. Whoa! You could take off an entire like. Yeah. <laughs> I had a teacher that did that when I was in school. Like she'd say, had so many sick days saved up. Like she didn't retire, but didn't work, and just used her sick days for a whole year, and then officially retired. Sure. Why not? Um. Yeah. What are your feelings about people using sick days even when they're not sick? I mean, you can like. I mean, there's a lot of things that you could go under like a sick day umbrella. Mm-hmm. If you're like playing hooky, like that's probably not ethical. Say. Say that Corey is right, and that at the end of the year, Feeney loses his week of sick leave. Uh-huh. It doesn't carry over, but Feeney doesn't get sick this year, and just wants to take that week of paid vacation. Is that okay, or is that wrong? Hmm, I wasn't expecting this moral quandary. I, I'm curious. The rule follower in me would say it's wrong. Hmm. But also, like, that's not, a week isn't that much. Yeah. Sick leave. It's one of your benefits for working. Uh-huh. Like, they've already got it for you. But also, let's get into the next bit of this opening scene because I think it shows a lot. Okay. So they go to school the next day after wishing Mr. Feeney would be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, turn, come to find out he is sick. They have a sub. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't have access to like his lesson plans. So I don't know what you're going to be doing. And this is really wild to me that he doesn't have... Well, not because, I mean, if he had appendicitis, like he said, that's kind of sudden. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be prepared but i know like even this year i was at school in the morning when like i got a call from my wife that there was like an emergency that i needed to come home right then so i did and i told one of the other teachers like i don't have anything like i had stuff that i was going to do Mm -hmm. but someone that doesn't know what's up can't just come in and do those things Mm -hmm. so i don't have anything written down and she's like don't even worry about it go be with your family and she like got all this stuff set up like why is this substitute teacher coming into the class without any idea what they're doing or like just have them do this work on this with them instead of like what is it that you're doing like that's the dumbest question (laughs) the person could ever ask Uh, we're studying the taste of different ice creams but all that to say making those sub plans 
is terrible. Nobody likes doing it. It's just like, even if you like have a doctor's appointment or there's a meeting that you are required to go to and you have to make sub plans, it's almost like you're being punished. Okay. By having to do this extra kind of awful thing. Okay. Of making sub plans and running off copies and doing all this stuff. That's like, in addition to all the other stuff you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're the ones telling me that I have to go to this meeting, but I also have to set up all of this stuff and like make sure that I have a sub. It's just all. So making sub plans is awful. So yeah. thus Feeney just gets spontaneously sick, so he doesn't have to deal with it. I guess so. But I'm just saying, it's not really worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw this thing once where it was like, teacher gives birth like in the parking lot of the school. And it's like, because we all knew she didn't want to make sub plans. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes it. Shush. I had a baby. I'm just going back in. Yeah. I'm not even going to take off to make it to the hospital in time to have the baby because... I'd have to make subplans to do something foolish like that. <laughs> That's funny. I did not know that there was this hatred of making subplans. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Um, but so they say they just are going to write a quick poem about their lives. That's today's uh-huh. lesson. Today, and two, just, three lines tops. Yeah, two, three lines top. Turns out she is an epic poetry major, and she's just going to read them Beowulf. Yeah, seems pretty cool actually. Actually, I love Beowulf. Mm-hmm. We did Beowulf in seventh grade, and I was into it. And I was a slacker kid who never paid attention because uh-huh, it's cool. Yeah. It's about a, a Nordic guy who kills a giant, kills a giant's giant her mom, and then uh-huh. kills a dragon. And, a dragon. and the dragon kills him. Yeah. And the dragon is his son. The Norse were a wild people. Yeah. Um, but again, because in other episodes, we're like, Hamlet, there's going to be sword fights and killing. Like, Beowulf rips off Grendel's arm and yeah. hangs it on the wall above their mead hall. Yeah. Beowulf Why are they is, not into that? Beowulf is tight. So cool. I do not understand. It seems like it would be very appealing to them when they're love of violence. I agree. And I, like I said, it was seventh grade. The only thing I remember about our seventh grade English class was reading Beowulf and thinking, this is awesome. I also had another memory of my seventh grade English class, and I wasn't going to bring this up because it doesn't relate, but I'm going to real quick. Oh boy. I... I have not thought of this memory in so long, but in seventh grade, I don't, I, I could not tell you what my teacher's, English teacher's name was, what she looked like, anything. But for several weeks, we had a young um, college age student teacher mm-hmm. teach the class. And I had the biggest crush on her. And I had forgotten about her entirely until this happened. Oh dear. And then I saw her outside of class once at a, uh, we had to drive an hour to go to the nearest Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you told us about that. Yeah. And uh, I saw her there once and she was like dressed like a person in like shorts and a t-shirt. Uh-huh. And I was just like, wow, this is wow. <laughs> so I have not thought about her since like seventh Teachers grade. Teachers are real people, Chance. Yeah. But that, that student teacher. She was gorgeous. Had a big crush. It happens. I forgot I ever even had a teacher crush. Well, now you now you remember. It's true. Thank and you, Boy Meets World. Almost every girl I've dated in the last five years has been a teacher, so maybe I just have a type that I never realized. It's all coming, it's all coming through just as you're processing verbally, <laughs> helping you to understand. But yeah. Anyway, Beowulf is tight. Yes. But, so they're going to be reading that. Um, Topanga says something about the force of will being the most powerful weapon on earth she says something about zeus and i'm trying to remember what it is zeus is cool probably he's not if you read greek mythology zeus is pretty awful yeah but again another regression in the last episode her weird like religion spirituality made sense Mm -hmm. and now it's back to like a hodgepodge of what can we say that sounds kind of out there yeah metaphysics and zeus Mm -hmm. it's like 
The Navajo spiritual path. Yeah, the Navajo spiritual path. All the other kind of crap they made her say. Uh-huh. And like Just back at it. Again. And last episode, it made sense. It's like, oh, I get who this girl is and what her beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Now we don't again. <laughs> now, not only is she believing in astro- astrology, she also is just a big fan of Zeus. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I guess I wrote Zeus rolls eyes. <laughs> I guess I rolled my eyes at that. <laughs> Whatever it was she said, this episode really left an impact on both Chance and I. Yeah. Um. Uh. The next scene did the or the next part did where Minkus co- or they're like, well, if you can do it, if you can make anyone sick, because they're talking about how Corey can wish people sick uh-huh. now, because he is sick boy, because he is sick boy, a mutant. He <laughs> talks about the X Men. Yep. So and it all connects. It all connects. Uh, Nightcrawler, the capital of North Dakota. Go. Um, <laughs> but uh, Minkus comes over and is like, I don't have the time to verbally spar with you, Sean. I'm not feeling very well. And Topanga goes, Oh, chills. <laughs> <laughs> Which was my favorite part of the entire episode. Oh, chills. That <laughs> was my favorite part of the entire episode uh-huh. at that moment. But he's not feeling well because Mr. Feeney's in the hospital because he has appendicitis. Right. Which it doesn't reveal right here. It does a little bit later. Yeah, they just know that he's sick and in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, Mr. Feeney's in the hospital. So then Corey starts having fever dreams. Guilt dreams. Yes. Uh, I mean, he starts feeling guilty here. This is where he starts feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. But we don't go straight into the dream. I guess that's true. Uh, we, first, Sean's like, hey, don't, don't, don't look at me. And Corey goes, I wish you'd stop. And he's like, no, no, man, no. And he runs off. <laughs> But it's also funny because Minkus wasn't there for any of the conversation mm-hmm. about Corey having these powers to make people sick. Mm-hmm. He comes and says he's not feeling well because Mr. Feeney's in the hospital. They all say, Corey, how could you? How could you do this? And then Minkus and Topanga just walk off. Minkus asks for no explanation. <laughs> yes. He just is like, this is a normal thing to say. <laughs> and then they just walk away. Yep. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What do you mean this is Corey's fault? What do you like what no he's just like cool he walks away we're 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 getting into how i want to treat this episode but we gotta we gotta finish a joke kind of i think this whole episode is a dream like not just the dream parts of the dream i think this entire episode is a dream oh i don't it's canon it happens i can't treat it as a dream but in my own personal canon Mm -hmm. like because mink is acting weird here like when has topanga ever just stood there and talked to the two boys that's not a thing Mm -hmm. like i want this episode why does the substitute teacher not have any plan for what she's doing (laughs) yeah he he wouldn't know about sub plans cory if he was dreaming this whole thing yeah um and if she actually read beowulf he would be into it so I think he's just like, old book, Beowulf. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, Beowulf sounds old and stupid. I was saving it for the end, but in my personal headcanon, this whole episode is a dream. That's fine. <laughs> you can believe that. We can't just yeah. do that with the episode. We, we can't do that with the episode. There's too many important things, but... Yeah. It's just all over the place. Yeah. Um, Topanga's, Topanga's not so weird in it. Uh, she's definitely back to like pre... Like I said, more mid-season Topanga. Mm-hmm. She's there... Yeah. She's weird, not developed, not... I mean, she's still very confident. But. Yeah, and Sean and Minkus are throwing insults back and forth like they did way early on. Mm-hmm. So, um... So Again, yeah. Sweater Vest Minkus at the beginning of this episode. And he's, like, demeaning the poor. I can't remember exactly. I just wrote he's demeaning the poor, and he's talking about crime. I think in his conversations with Sean. Um, yeah. So, again, Minkus is, like, a one percenter. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, what does he say? I don't remember, but... but he yeah. calls him, remember, he's... Because um, he's saying, in 10 years, this is what you'll say. That, oh, um, your honor, dude. <laughs> yeah, and he's like... I'd like to plea bargain. Uh-huh. That's right. And he's just, like, recidivist. Yeah. Just, like, you're just going to be a criminal washout. Yeah. Because you're poor and dumb. And I'm rich and smart. <laughs> so I'm better than you. He's just uh-huh. a classist jerk. A classist jerk. Uh, this is quite the 180 you've made on Minkus from the beginning of this podcast to the end. Well, these are interesting times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, like I said, I think this entire episode is a dream. It doesn't matter what I think um, because I think Minkus acts screwed here and him and Topanga just walking off. And it is very funny when Sean's like, don't don't look at me. Don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> so they go off. Um. Yeah. The next scene is with his mom writing a get well card that he doesn't want to sign. Mm-hmm. He's like... You can't make someone sick by wishing it, can you? And his dad goes, that is the principle of voodoo curses. Uh-huh. But you'd have to go to, like, voodoo academy for that, right? <laughs> um, sure, Corey. Sure. What? Okay. <laughs> um, Why not? Then he talks to Eric. Uh-huh. Eric, I don't. Yeah, I didn't even write down what he said. Uh, I just wrote down classic older brother. <laughs> uh, so Eric- probably something very unhelpful. Well, Eric tells him about the appendicitis. That's pretty much it. That's why mm-hmm. Eric exists is to tell him, you What's didn't really make Feeney's appendix burst. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say very much, just reassures him. And then he's like, give me a sign that Feeney will be okay. Yeah, so he looks out the window and Feeney, early in the first scene, set up like this wooden duck on a stick that when the wind blows, its wings spin, kind of like a windmill. Yeah. And he looks over in the yard and that just like falls over. Yep. Yikes. So, kind of a creepy thing. Um, Kind of a creepy thing. Mm-hmm. So then they go into... The fever dream. The fever dream. The guilt dream, mm-hmm. I guess. Where they're in class and he's like, Beowulf is stupid and all this is dumb. And like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be making us cupcakes and all this stuff. And then the dream starts to come true where she's giving him cupcakes. Dream Minkus has the line, like, this is a flagrant desecration of the temple of knowledge. And I just thought that was fun. That was funny. Fun sentence. Um, but then he's just dreaming of that he's killed Mr. Feeney. Yep. Feeney's dead and his ghost is there talking to him about how he's dead. And then Corey wakes up and he's like, oh, thank goodness it was just a dream. Looks over to Eric. Eric is Feeney. Yeah. Feeney's reading a book, reading the dictionary, memorizing the dictionary. And it was just a very funny thing because he's sitting there holding the dictionary. And then Mr. Feeney just like slams it closed and all this dust flies out of it and i just thought it was a really funny visual it was and then he gets up and walks, walks through corey's wall, wall just using all their special effects budget <laughs> the whole thing just the whole thing in that one moment and yeah. in the next scene too yeah and then uh alan comes downstairs i guess corey has been up all night drinking coffee um and i guess he has a waking hallucination i guess Feeny? uh-huh i don't yeah, this is where the episode takes a turn because Mr. F- or because Alan is like, let me tell you about a teacher I had who I didn't realize how much she had taught me until it was like much later. Because mm-hmm. he's like, when I first started working at the grocery store, like I or wherever it was, I forget what he said. Oh yeah, it was the grocery like, store. Like I could add up all these big numbers in my head, and everyone just thought that I could do it, and I thought that I could too. But then I realized it was because my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Perch, helped me yes. and pushed me to do those things. Yes. And so it becomes a weird like you should appreciate your teachers. Yes. You, I guess I guess the lesson of this episode is don't wish your teachers ill. Yeah. I, I guess. 
which sure literally don't do don't do that to anybody um he does have a line mrs perch which implies she was a lot more good looking than she actually was i don't understand that i wrote that down i was like what what yeah like why did a perch is a fish fish or like a place that a bird sits if you could explain that one to these two dummies we'd sure appreciate it mrs perch which implies she was a lot better looking than she actually was what alan I mean, Corey is maybe still dreaming. So <laughs> yes, that's true. He's just putting these pieces together in his head. Well, and Alan tells him, "You just feel guilty. If you confront your guilt, it'll go away." Uh-huh. Then he goes back upstairs. Corey looks in his coffee cup. Feeny's head appears there. Mm-hmm. He looks to the side. A bunch of Feenies. <laughs> well, he he tries Alan's thing. He's like, "Mr. Feeny, I'm sorry. I'm not guilt. I don't feel guilty anymore." And then he looks to the side. Uh-huh. And then there's just like a dozen Feenies in his kitchen with him. Yeah, just this episode at him. is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it is implied that he is still awake right now. Uh-huh. So I'm going to break our rule and go to the future real quick. Oh, boy. I'm going to I'm gonna break our rule. I mean, in one this of, is our ironclad rule that we've never <laughs> broken. In the episode where Corey is having dreams about killing Sean, uh-huh. Feeny gives him some advice to get over it that doesn't work. But it's just dream Feeny. Uh-huh. So this is just Dream Allen, right? It must be. Right? Like, because he gives him some advice, but then there's still the uh-huh. hallucination of tons of feet. So maybe it's just Corey's subconscious is processing what he needs to do and is manifesting as his dad giving him advice. Yes. Bad advice, apparently. Apparently, but... I mean, I guess it works later in the episode. Yeah. So all the Feenies laugh. He runs out of the room. If it's a hallucination, I'm not sure what leaving the room is going to do. Wouldn't there just be Feenies in the next room? I don't really know. And then he buys a geranium and goes to visit Mr. Feeney. <laughs> it's very funny. He gives Mr. Feeney the geranium. He's like, I brought you a geranium. And he's like, it's a geranium. He's like, I know I said geranium. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's atomic mass of 75. And Yes. So here, this interaction is why I think Feeney's still not a great teacher. Okay. Corey is very thoughtful and gives his teacher a gift. Mm -hmm. In giving the teacher the gift, he makes his mess up, calls it the wrong thing. Mr. Feeney never says thank you. Mr. Feeney corrects him and then sort of goes on a little mini lesson to impart this knowledge to Corey of what it is, what a geranium is, what germanium is. Mm -hmm. Without ever expressing gratitude that Corey A came to visit or B brought him a gift that is actually pretty thoughtful, to bring to your neighbor that loves gardening. True. So it's just like, you're like, you talk about having this relationship, but it's just not there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Nurse Jill comes in, is like very nice. Uh-huh. Feeney's got a crush. Yeah. And and she, and Corey says something, and Feeney goes, Don't blow this for me, little pipsqueak. Uh-huh. Again, just like kind of being mean. You know, there's a fondness here, though. Maybe. I mean, it's not, it's not. An explicit fondness, which you should pr- would probably say it should be. Mm-hmm. But there's a fondness. Maybe not a gratefulness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. She asks if it's his grandson. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, absolutely not. Yeah. And then, like, they both, like, appreciate her. And they both have this moment. And then Corey's like, did we just have a guy moment? And Feeney's <laughs> like, yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> which, again, so weird. Kind of heartwarming, sort of. And then, I, I mean, then he leaves and we're done. Yeah. I did think it was funny. That like Corey's like, well, now I know if someone comes up to me on the street and is like, what's the uh, atomic weight of geranium? I can say, that's a plant, you idiot. Yeah. 
I thought it was pretty funny. But he, he thanks Mr. Feeney for what the knowledge will do for him in the future. Uh-huh. At some point. Yeah, which is, again kind of goes back to kind of the show's philosophy of education. That they're like, it's not about facts and figures and information like that. It's about the larger process of learning. But then again, it's still just this focus on facts and information. Yeah. Not really about thinking or developing thinking skills. It's about learning a bunch of random stuff like the atomic weight of germanium. Germanium. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird scene. And contrasted with the scene right before it, it's just so weird. Like, we go from Corey feels guilty to Corey, Corey is literally hallucinating as he's awake to having this heartfelt moment with Feeney with no development between the hallucination and now. And then mm-hmm. the very next scene is Corey and Feeney. Yeah, Corey's trying to put his duck back up. Yeah. And then Feeney turns out he got out of the hospital early and is there and he's talking about well i'm going to plant this plant and give it the opportunity to grow yeah which gives us a new moral of the story that Corey is that plant Mm -hmm. and given the room and the care he'll grow Uh, unless somebody wishes it ill yeah which then we just cut cut out that's it that's it um again i'm not so certain that they didn't just have big wheels in their writing room (laughs) just spinning like what's our moral that we want to have here yeah appreciate your teacher and maybe this one it kind of landed between appreciate your teachers and nurturing children to be able to grow and don't yeah don't wish someone would get sick yeah but this episode is ultimately while i think it's well acted while i think the people in it are good um i still think the kids interactions are good even if it is a little bit more mid-season um even if it is a little more mid-season so i think this episode has more merit than she loves me she loves me not but at the same time like the story just feels so disjointed it doesn't make any sense like and it doesn't like if you wrote wrote it all out on a on a timeline it makes sense but actually watching it like especially the transition between Corey's kitchen and the um, hospital it's just such an odd transition mm-hmm. it's such an odd it's such an odd like I don't know it feels weird it feels weird to watch it's difficult for me to explain and then another question I have is why when you just had a scene with Corey and Feeney in the hospital room do you cut to another scene of Corey and Feeney Mm -hmm. there's not like any I mean there is no other plot thread to wrap up yeah both of these episodes kind of have one through line yeah one there's not multiple stories kind of being told there's a little bit in the other one with like Sean's date versus Corey's date but they're not running simultaneously like one leads into the other yeah and here we just have the same thing throughout yeah it's the same thing so there's nowhere else to go and it does. It feels like there should be a B plot inserted in a few spots. Like, because, like I said, I just think this this episode is paced weird. Yeah. I think, yeah, this episode is weird and its placing as the last episode is Doesn't also work. weird. Except for the tag yes. at the end. So now we need to discuss the tag at the end. Yes. Topanga wants them to light a light bulb with their brain, saying, if you as believe you it, do. it'll happen. And then what happened? And then... They basically say it has to be something you really would want to happen because they can't seem to make it work. It's Corey and Sean and Topanga and Minkus. And they say it has to be something you really want to see happen in order for it to work, for human will to make it happen. So Corey and Sean both look intently at Minkus and Minkus blips out of existence. Yes. And Topanga doesn't even notice. Yeah, she's like, they're like, oh, we did it. It's like, what? The light bulb didn't light up, which leads to a lot of things because we haven't gotten there yet, but Minkus isn't in... The rest season of the two. Show. Yeah, he he's gone. He's a non-entity, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, they don't why that happens, him. but they don't reference them. They're not like, oh, what's Minkus up to? Um, he's just gone, 
And I think it's interesting because Topanga doesn't acknowledge that he's disappeared. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say like, hey, where did he go? It's like he is a non-entity. He has been wiped out of the timeline. Maybe. He's already discovered the secrets of timeline to, to time travel. Mm -hmm. In an earlier episode. So I think these two are kind of related because it's the same effect. Like, blip, yeah. he's gone. I'm just, I mean, this is where Minkus goes. Is he just disappears. What he's up to, we don't know. Yeah. When I, I remember this scene happening and I was just like, oh no. This is real. This, this is, is canon uh -huh. by our own rules. By our own rules. It is part of it. Yeah. And yeah, so Minkus is just gone. So if you've not watched this before and you're just listening, I know we have one friend who said he listens along, but he's never seen the show before. Minkus is gone. I'm sorry if you loved him. Yeah, we will never, I mean, we'll probably talk about Minkus again, but yeah, but we will never talk about what he does in an episode again, except for one time. Uh -huh. So that's for us to figure out how that happens. Yeah. I mean, the show explains what happens, but. But as far as putting on the timeline. Yeah. Minkus is Minkus in after Sometime after mother's day so probably the second or third week of may uh -huh. minkus, minkus blinks out of existence yeah cory and sean and they're the only two that remember they're the only two that know i don't even know that they know well we'll have to figure that out later yeah but because topanga doesn't seem to realize that he's not there which makes me think he isn't there anymore like, yeah. he's just gone which seems like a wild thing to talk about on a 90s abc sitcom about a boy growing up in philadelphia but here we are. Yes. Um, that is the canon explanation. I still say this entire episode is a dream. Um, just cop, because cop Just because the kitchen scene is so weird. It makes no sense if it's not a dream. But that's my own That's my own thing. Um, the canon is in late May, right before school lets out, apparently. Minkus goes bye-bye. Minkus disappears from the Boy Meets World timeline. Like, disappears <laughs> from the existence of the show. Uh-huh. So. He's just gone. Yeah, and I mean, Ryder Strong gave an interview somewhat recently about why Minkus was written off the show. And it had to do with the show Family Matters. Because they were both on the same network. Um, but as you know, Family Matters, is it focuses a lot on Steve Urkel. Well, yeah, later seasons it, do. He's like super nerd character. And Minkus was kind of having that role in this episode. But ABC didn't want to kind of retread the same ground mm -hmm. of like your super nerdy character. So they just took him off the show. See, and that's such a weird explanation to me because Minkus and Urkel are very different kinds of nerd. Uh -huh. I mean, that's that's what they said. That's what Ryder Strong said anyway. Yeah, and I think, I just think with what was set up, Minkus doesn't work for the show anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, we, we, we've had this kind of setup where Corey and Sean are almost kind of the bullies. In a few episodes, they're straight up bullies. But, but that doesn't work for your main characters. Yeah, and I think when they were like bringing it in, they're like, no, we need them to be the underdog. We need them to be the bullied. Mm -hmm. So they can't have this person that they bully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so timeline for this episode is pretty simple minkus minkus vanishes and uh sean's 13 let's do uh i think we've given our final thoughts yeah what is your score that you gave it well i gave it a seven but talking about it i, I think i'm too, gonna bump it down of, yeah i think it's like a six and a half i, I was gonna say six and a half too man we gotta stop giving the same scores yeah it's much less fun um, <laughs> um but yeah so yeah, I think six and a half. Um, what did you name it? It's just a mess. And uh, I did Boy Meets Hallucinations. Boy Meets a big old mess. I said Boy Meets Wooden, wooden Duck. I didn't really have a, a name, but I just like that Wooden Duck thing. How about Boy Meets Dream Feeny? Boy Meets Beowulf. No. No. Boy Meets Dream Feeny is kind of fun. Yeah. Now, I have a strange MVP for this episode. Uh -huh. I don't think it's any of the characters. I think it's William Daniels. Because I think Mr. Feeney is great both as Mr. Feeney and as Dream Feeney. But they are not the same character. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, because sitting there and cackling madly at Corey isn't really a Mr. Feeney thing to do. Right. I'd, I'd do it. I'd give that. Yeah. William Daniels. Mr. Bill Daniels himself. Yeah, for both the characters of Mr. Feeney and Dream Feeney. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's yep. the episode. That's it. Um, it we was have, certainly interesting. We have one thing to address for a Boys Meet listener. And our friend Charlie said that he thinks in the Hamlet episode, the... Uh, MVP should have been the second spear carrier at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not watch The Office, so I do not know the energy he said he was giving. Yeah, he said he was giving like a Creed energy, just like very small amount of screen time, but a lot of heart and a lot of laughs in a very small amount of time, which I understand and I see, but I also just felt like it was kind of out of place. Yeah, it was. I found that that scene very weird. Mm-hmm. Just the whole scene was weird. Um, Charlie, that's a great pick for MVP. I don't even remember who we picked for MVP. I think it was Mr. Feeney because of that yeah, monologue. Yeah, because of the monologue. Um, but I hear you. I hear you and your pick. Uh, All picks are valid. All picks are valid. Ours are just the most valid because we've got a podcast. And we've got the it. microphone. You just have a text message or a tweet. We have the <laughs> um, mic. So if you want us to belittle your opinion on our podcast. <laughs> We're so mean. We're the bullies. <laughs> we are the bullies. Like, Next season we have to become the bullied. Yeah, we do. Definitely. Harass us on line um, to make us more likable dang it definitely 100 um but you can tweet at us at at bg world fever or email us um bg world fever at gmail.com mm-hmm. um this is it this, yeah, is, this the is the end of season one yeah so next week will be a little different we're not going to go into season two yet we are going to take a look at all the episodes from season one put them together in a march madness style bracket Yep. Because my brain still thinks it's March. Yep. Even though it's June. We're gonna we're gonna do a top sixteen. And we're gonna do top sixteen and pit them head to head against each other. Yeah. We're not a hundred percent sure how we we're gonna do it. We're gonna talk it out beforehand. Um could even be end up being two episodes because talking about all those episodes That's might a be lot. Might yeah. take some time. Um, so we're going to be playing it by ear. We are not podcast professionals, as you guys know. This is episode, what, 12? This would be... I think 12. 12? Right? 22 episodes. Um, yeah, this would be 12. Yeah, 12. Okay. So um, this is... Uh, we've done 12 podcast episodes, but yeah. So we're going to do the tournament next week. 12 more than we've done before we started. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I want to do, and I haven't discussed this with Cameron yet, but tweet at us your favorite episode this season, and we will take popular opinion into account a little bit. Um, actually... Actually, we're going to record that episode yeah, before this comes could. up. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll throw that... We'll put that on Twitter. Yeah, maybe we'll throw that out on Twitter um, to have people tell us what their favorite episode of season one is or something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we'll figure it out. You'll hear it here second. But, I mean, I'm in awe. We finished season one. We did it. We did it. Uh, so, on to season two in a few weeks. Yes. But that's all I've got. You got anything else, Cameron? Me too. That is it. So from all of us here at Bob's Stoop Checks Restaurant Incorporated. Incorporated, also known as Boy Meets World Fever. Yes. So long, world. So long, world. <laughs>